0: This podcast is for educational purposes only and not for onward distribution. It is not intended to amend the approved claims of the products described. It does not amend or substitute for approved claims of the products described. Always refer to the instructions for use. Note, specific indications, contraindications, warnings, precautions, and safety information exist for these products and therapies. Please consult a clinician and product instructions for use prior to application. This material is intended for healthcare professionals, prescription only.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Speaking of Wounds. It's a podcast by the Wound Care Learning Network, and I'm your host, Steve Burquist. Now, today we've got a special guest. We have Cindy uh, Miller-Damikowachik, and Cindy is an RN, and that is the medical translational lead from 3M. And she's the lead author of a poster, Real World Use, Effect of Early Versus Late Initiation of Negative Pressure Wound Therapy on Wound Surface Area Reduction in Patients at Wound Care Clinics. And so, Cindy, thanks for joining us. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Well, listen, why, how did you get started on this? Why were you even interested in putting together uh, this kind of write-up? Mm,
0: Thanks for asking that. While there's been over 1,900 publications on vac therapy, and I've been working with it since it was launched in 1995 here in the United States, there's a few studies in other care settings, such as hospitals and long-term acute care facilities that had been published that had shown that when vac therapy was initiated early in the course of care versus starting later in the course of care, there were positive clinical impacts. And at that time, no examination of the timing of back initiation had been performed at the wound care centers or clinics. They'd never been reported. So we felt that this was a gap in the data.
1: So, you know, in that data, uh, which I, I hope everybody actually will dig into this and look, you know, there's over 40% uh, lowering in treatment time for chronic wounds, which was very interesting to me because the chronic wounds are the ones that are just coming and coming and coming. Um, this data, this is significant data, isn't it?
0: We, we really felt that there was the potential for it. Of course, we were just leveraging what had been done in other care settings. So what we did was we decided to see leveraging some of the previous definitions of early versus late initiation. We wanted to see if the timing of when it was started in wound care centers impacted the number of days to getting that wound smaller. In other words, we chose an endpoint of 75% smaller than when they were admitted to the wound care center. And one of the reasons we chose that was to make sure that Uh, the physicians and the clinicians knew that we didn't expect vac therapy to to be used all the way till the wound was closed. So we uh, looked at the length times width, that's wound surface area. We didn't look at volume. uh, The depth was not included. And we pulled the patient records from the IntelliCure electronic medical records.
1: You know, we just started to talk about the results, I just mentioned something on a percentage, but I should ask you to say something about mm-hmm. uh, the actual results and, and help that head home to the listener.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let me define a little bit of the methods. This was a retrospective data poll, as, as previously mentioned, but it had a large N or a large mm-hmm. number of patients. And we were able to analyze 4,739 acute and chronic wounds. And 56.7% of those wounds were what we would classify as acute wounds, and 43.3% were chronic, things like venous leg ulcers, diabetic foot ulcers, pressure ulcers. So these were these over 4,700 wounds were in 3,604 patients, meaning that several or quite a few patients had more than one wound, and I I imagine Steve that you've seen that in your in your care setting. And they were treated across a broad range of wound care centers, 56 of them across 10 states here in the United States. So that large number and the various locations in these wound care centers reduced the likelihood of geographical or individual clinic treatment bias. So we looked at um, those wounds that were in the EMR, the electronic medical records, and those were traumatic wounds, surgically dehisced wounds, pressure ulcers, venous leg ulcers, and diabetic foot ulcers. The wound surface area of each wound was, of course, uh, recorded at their first visit, and then every time they came into the clinic, those measurements were pulled, and it continued until the wounds had each reached an individual reduction of 75% smaller length times width from the point of admission. And of course, inside the electronic medical records, they had recorded the date of institution of vac therapy. I'd like to, to share with your listeners what they actually the data reflected, because it wasn't about did they order vac therapy or not? It was did the timing of when they order it make a difference. So totally. when we looked at the number of when we looked at the number of days it took to reach seventy five percent reduction in the wound surface area, meaning that it was started in the acute wounds within the first week of being admitted to the Wound Care Center for Care. The endpoint for the late group, those started after eight days, was 81.6 days, so two and a half months. That's great. However, when vac therapy was started early, when it was started within the first week versus after the first week at some point, the median number of days it took to get down to 75% smaller was 40.4 days. In other words, the early acute care wound reached that 75% reduction in half the time it took the late group. And for us, that was uh, quite surprising, 40 days compared to
1: 81.6. Yes. And even so, better I, in chronic wounds, right? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Right? That's half.
0: Yeah. So yes, exactly. So that that's, Basically, fifty percent fewer days. And I think in what we're facing in today's challenges with reimbursement and wanting to have um, value-based you know purchasing as well as superior clinical outcomes, that resonates uh, with me as a nurse quite well. And speaking of the chronic wound outcomes, when we looked at those chronic wounds that were started early versus late, meaning, and remember, the chronic wound definition was different because it was within the first thirty days uh, was early, and after thirty days was late those that were started late reached that 75% reduction in wound surface area in 274.6 days. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. not so surprising because that's the chronic wounds, that's your diabetic foots, your pressure ulcers, your venous leg ulcers. But if it was started early, within the first 30 days, that median number of days went down to 96.4, to 74.6 late initiation, 96.4 early initiation. How does that strike you, Steve?
1: Yeah, less than half, a third. It's uh, fairly amazing. So that's a really relevant point. As a clinician, I need to realize, Mm -hmm. grasp where I'm at with my patient and get something started now Mm -hmm. as opposed to later.
0: Right. And if if your listeners are into statistics at all, the p-value, the rate of statistical significance was less than 0.0001. That means it was probably not due to chance that it was a a timing issue early versus late. So, of course, these can't be used to make sweeping generalizations Um, in this patient population. However, in in either the acute and chronic wound categories, there was a statistical significantly Fewer number of days to get to 75 percent smaller wind surface area just by starting it early compared to late.
1: So some folks that listen and go, okay, where do you get your data? And is it uh, you know is it randomized control? This is retrospective, and uh, some people don't even you know doesn't even cross their mind. Uh, but this is relevant data even though it's not a randomized controlled study. So what's your input on on that type of information?
0: That's a really important uh, thing for us to consider because, of course, randomized randomized controlled trials are considered Tier 1 data that we want to practice evidence-based medicine as clinicians. We want to lean into data. So this was a retrospective review. It was not a randomized controlled trial. But what's interesting is that in any randomized controlled trial, there's always going to be what's called inclusion and exclusion criteria. Inclusion might be things like you have to be over 18 years old to be in this study. You have to have diabetes. Exclusion would be things like you can't be younger than 18, but your diabetes has to be controlled. So when we look at these inclusion and exclusion criteria in the world of Tier 1 data, they're vital because they limit the variability between the study group and the control group. But when we listen to clinicians who actually practice in the real world, such as Dr. Carolyn Fife, Now, she's very active in wound healing research and advocacy, and she's the one that developed this IntelliCure database. Her, as well as other healthcare providers, acknowledge that when you look at the RCT and then you walk into your clinic, that the real world of treating patients mandates that they treat all comers, whoever walks in the door, regardless of the exclusion criteria of that randomized controlled trial. So they face situations that would have kept these very patients from being enrolled in the RCT. So what we looked at was data from over 3,600 actual patients who were treated in 56 wound care centers across the United States. So this IntelliCare database is something that is valued. um, It's from the Woodlands, Texas, and the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS has actually evaluated and found it to be valid, and the FDA has accepted it as a reliable source to evaluate the safety of MPWT. So while not an RCT, we felt that we were using some very valid real-world data points.
1: You know, I think, it's, I think you said it well, so I don't need to repeat it. You said it well, and as a clinician, and this is what I do and specialize in, that is the whole key how will I do with a product in my clinic with my patients? And when the study is so controlled that it doesn't reflect real life, we actually lose um, the benefit of getting physicians and medical practitioners to take the next step and use the material because it's not matching. But when we give data that's real life data, and somebody can go into their clinic and reproduce that data and go, yep, it's working like that. Then we see a utilization of something that's good for the patient. So I love it. I love that so much. Wow. Um, Thank you. I appreciate uh, your insight. Thank you. So um, mm-hmm. when you looked at this data and it was so uh, intriguing, but you've been doing this for 20-something years, so what was it about this that you said, oh, this is really good? What what jumped yeah. out at you with your background of experience?
0: Well, it was interesting because we were able to place the wounds either into that acute or chronic category, and uh, when we looked at it, and we used the definition um, of early initiation being within the first seven days or one week of their initiation of the Wound Care Center visit, for the, for the acute wounds. And early was within the first 30 days for the chronic wounds. Um, and late would then be after seven days for acute and after 30 days for the chronic wounds. And what we looked at was, we, I think for me, what surprised me, um, I, I wasn't surprised that the data transferred uh, and was sort of reflective of the previous you know, care settings that had been examined. But what really surprised me was the significant reduction in days to get to 75% smaller. I didn't really see that one coming. Whether it was the acute or chronic wound category, it, it was very surprising when we started to, the statistician, Bobby James, started up pulling the data and slicing it and dicing it.
1: So not expecting that good of results, even though you've been watching this for 20 years, it still sort of blew you away. I love it. Uh, I'd see the same thing, a real take home message for us that when we look at things and try to get things going, I love that. Well, listen, Cindy, uh, I think we have presented something to our podcast listeners that should have got their attention and has them asking further questions. So it may be something down the line that uh, we can put together a second podcast uh, with a little more answers to help them get there. But I think it's exciting to see what you can do with negative pressure uh, wound therapy, especially as the data points out, when you get after it and don't wait. So that's exciting. I was very excited that uh, you took the time with your busy schedule this morning to do this with me. So I really appreciate that. So listen, great discussion. I want to talk more and maybe we can do that in the future. And for our listeners, I really want to thank them for tuning in. And I want them to check out the woundcarelearningnetwork.com looking for the more podcasts and articles and videos. And uh, listen, I'd love if you guys would subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, Just keep looking next week for our next podcast on Speaking of Wounds. Thanks, everybody.
0: If you're interested in learning more about 3M wound care solutions, such as VAC therapy, the SNAP therapy system, or other 3M advanced wound care products, please click on the appropriate link below.